ourselves I can't afford to be here This is small town music This is big town music He's ahead of his time, you know But he can't use it If only he could prove it Well, tomorrow's just a song away A song away A song away Hey everybody, welcome to Rock Solid, the comedy podcast for all things music, both new and classic. I'm Pat Francis. And I'm Kyle Dotson. And Kyle joining us today in the guest co-host chair. It's been, I didn't, I could actually look, but I uh, find out exactly how it's long it's been. been a few been. years. It's been a few years for sure. The last time this uh, young, I'm going to say young lady, last time this young lady was here was for an all Neil Young episode because she is a big fan. That's her favorite. I think that's your favorite. That is my favorite, but I have to tell you, Stevie Nicks, you know, she's up there for me. Okay, here, I'm going to tell you right now. That's Christine Blackburn. Uh, your, your last time you were here was December 4th, 2014. Four years. It but, doesn't feel like four years, no. like if you would have said two years, but four years sounds crazy. I know. What has happened to Christine Blackburn in four years? I know that you're doing, now you host the Story Worthy podcast. Mm-hmm. You also have now, and I think since the last time you were here, you do live shows at the uh, Hollywood Improv. I do. Every month, I have a game show called Story Smash, the storytelling game show. How does that work? It's so much fun. I'm telling you, man. Um, what if it, it wasn't fun? We just have to, yeah, <laughs> what if you're like, sucks. it's the worst, it's so boring, but people seem to come anyway. Come on down. They only yeah. come once and then... So there's a giant wheel and okay. people spin this wheel and whatever they land on, they tell a true one, two or three minute story. Okay, so it so do you put like what it it says on yeah, the wheel? There's twelve permanent topics. Okay, and then there's one space that says free, and mm-hmm. if they land on free, the contestant can tell any one of the stories on the wheel. Okay, then there's three spaces that say audience, and that's when it really gets fun because then we if they land on audience, we mm-hmm. throw it out to the audience, and then they throw out their storytelling suggestions. And then the expert judges, which I always have three, mm-hmm. they choose one of those topics. And then the person tells the story on the spot. I mean, it's really a lot of pressure. So the contestants or the people you pick to be on the the contestants, uh, they don't need to have any stories prepared. They, they should. I mean, I give, them, I give them the 12. Oh, I give you give them, them the 12, 12 topics. Okay. And I say, look, you know, you could land on one of these. Yeah, because we want people to have some mm-hmm. idea of what's going on. Right. Um, but it's a lot of fun. Both, uh, mostly the contestants are, are comedians mm-hmm. and writers and actresses and actors. Give me, give me an example of one of the, uh, the 12 topics that might be, the, I'm just going to, I'm going to spin yeah. it. Oh, it's on the line. Hold on. Let me do it again. No. Okay. We, we it comes up. <laughs> oh, you landed on hooking up. Tell us about some time that you hooked up in your life, Pat. You got oh, one minute. Boy. Probably don't even have a story about that. Mm, I'm done. Okay, cool. There's three rounds. Like I said, the one-minute mm-hmm. round, two-minute round, and a three-minute round. If you go mm-hmm. over your time, you hear a loud smash, uh-huh. like glass smashing. Yeah. and that's <laughs> That sounds really fun. Every time I see you post about it, I want to... Uh, I want to come and then I, I really come. want you to. And you know, I've gotten so many incredible guests. Mm-hmm. I recently had Larry King on the show. Mm, don't know him. I've had oh. on like, you know, Wayne Fetterman, Marilyn Rice Cub. And mm. next week I have on Wendy McClendon Covey again. And also Sean Giambroni, both those guys from the, from the Goldbergs. Didn't you have, um, uh, Phil Rosenthal on? Phil's been on a couple of times yeah. and Danny Zucker from Modern Family, executive producer of Modern Family. He's, he's our regular judge mm-hmm. and he's attached to the show. So. He's a great, a great tweeter. Yeah, he is the best, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, he's good. Yeah. Uh, that's great. I, I want to come see it. Thanks, I love you And, and then after I see it, I'm going to say, hey, I need to be on this thing. And we'll put you on I need, this thing. I need to, you need to put me on this thing. And we'll do that. All right, cool. And then I'll give you a free microphone. No, I won't. Um, 
All right, so we're going to do our topic today, Stevie Nicks, and she's your number two. I'm telling you, I am so honored, really, that you asked me to do this because I love Stevie Nicks. Here's like, the deal. when I, I I've, crazy. I've been wanting to do a Stevie Nicks episode, and so I was just going through. I didn't ask other people to do it, yeah. Christine. I was just going through my head of, I wonder who would like Stevie Nicks. I'm like, uh, I bet Christine Blackburn does. And I, then you told me that you were at the show... Uh, that Mike Siegel and I were at when uh, 2016 the, yeah, when in, the Pretenders the opened yeah, yeah when the Pretenders opened for Stevie it yeah. was a great show she toured with the Pretenders that whole year yeah. and that was like the 24 karat gold um, album yep yeah she you know moving a little slower the twirls aren't as fast right but her voice is so grounded yeah and she's so present mm -hmm. and you believe everything she sings yeah like I don't believe when she when she does her stage patter I don't believe it's I think it's right off the cuff. It feels yeah. off the cuff. It feels genuine. And it's very much like this. And she talks like this. I can't wait. Yeah, I love all my babies. Yeah. And then she was with Chrissy Hind and she's another <laughs> yeah, one of all my, my favorites. Chrissy's my favorite too. And so yeah. it's like, that was a uh, really wonderful show. And so let me ask you, Stevie Nicks, does she get into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as a solo artist? Yes or no? I don't Go. think so. You don't think she does? No. Oh, why not? No, I don't think she is, is what I'm saying. No, she's she not. She's be. on the ballot this year. Oh, I see. I'm sorry. That's I wasn't what I'm sure that. That's I okay. See. Of course she, she should be. She's yes. one of the top 100 greatest songwriters of all time. And if anyone's getting in uh, from Fleetwood Mac as a solo artist, it's obviously yeah. Stevie Nicks. Well, she's done so much since Fleetwood Mac. I mean, Fleetwood yeah. Mac was just really a blip, mm -hmm. con you know, considering yeah. her whole career. She doesn't need Fleetwood Mac. Fleetwood Mac needs her. Because yeah. she could play, she can play all her Fleetwood Mac songs under the guise of a Stevie, a Stevie Nicks solo tour. Absolutely. She does not need them. Yeah. It's not like if she plays yeah. Landslide, you're going to say, hey, wait a minute, that wasn't you. Yeah, exactly. Or Rihanna, Rihanna yeah. or any of the songs like that. So, uh, and how do you feel about um, Lindsay Buddha? Fucking him, I know. But it's so sad. They have such a tumultuous mm -hmm. relationship over decades and decades. Right. And it just, you know, I, I think there's so much love there that it has to turn, it turns to hate. I don't, I don't know what it is, but I mean, they're clearly yeah. connected people. And who do you think's harder to be in the studio with though, Stevie or Lindsay? Well, I'm going to say Lindsay, of course. <laughs> of course he is. Yeah. Yeah. He's a crazy person. Yeah. He's a evil genius. Yeah. It's, it's too bad, yeah. but she is a survivor yeah. and she moves on and mm -hmm. she pushes on. And you know, sometimes when you hear about people as famous and as incredible as Stevie Nicks, you think like, well, you know, has she had a lot of problems? I mean, she how many problems could she have had? She's so wealthy and she's so mm -hmm. she's got all this going for her. And she has had absolute tragedy in her yeah. life. And she keeps moving forward. So it's it's just interesting how sometimes I think people forget that stars and, and rock stars, celebrities, they got a lot of problems too. Yeah. And so today we're just concentrating on the Stevie Nicks solo work. So we're not yes. gonna hear Rhiannon, we're not gonna hear Landslide, we're not gonna hear Dreams. And we're not going to hear... Leather and lace, unless we do a duet. You know? Right, right. And we're not going to hear... If we do a duet, that could work. <laughs> we're not going to hear Sarah. We're not going to hear uh, Gypsy. Yeah. But we're going to hear all of Stevie Nicks' uh, great solo work. We're going to go through, uh, I think there's eight studio albums. Correct. We each have two songs from each album. The first album is Belladonna, produced by Jimmy Iovine. And this is just a, what a way to... to release a first solo album. I mean, right. This is, this is like a 10 out of 10, without yeah. a doubt. You know, it hit number one, of course. Mm -hmm. um, and it's probably scared the band. Yeah, I don't know. Fleetwood I don't know Mac about was that. probably, I'm sure they were like, oh no, Stevie has a number one album. What if she leaves? Yeah. And this is when she met Jimmy, I, I, how do you say it? Iodine? I think it's Iovine, but I, I could be Iovine, saying it wrong. Iovine, yeah. And this is when she met him and then ended up marrying him. 
Yeah, she, uh, yeah, she's had uh, many love affairs. You know, I, that's what I call them, love affairs, not affairs. But I think she falls in love with these people. Did they get married? Are you sure about that? No. <laughs> this just says they were partners from 81 to 82. All right, just okay. from 81 oh, to 82. thanks for piping in there, Kyle. No, it's true. Um, they were, they, it's true. Now I'm reading what I have, too. It says they just lived together while they were making the album. Yeah, that's what they did. That's what they lived did. Lived together. Yeah. All right, this album's got uh, 10 songs. It's an awesome album, and I'm going to let you go first. Play me your first song from Belladonna. What do we got? Stop Dragging My Heart Around, of course. All right. Such a great song. I mean, who can't relate to that <laughs> shit, right? Now, here's what's so interesting about this song is that, you know, like you said, Stevie has had several relationships, intimate relationships in her life, and she's written a lot of songs about some of those relationships, yeah. about either her bandmate, Lindsey Buckingham, or another man. But this song actually was um, one of the few that she could sing without dealing with emotional baggage because it has nothing to do with right. her personally. Yep. And that's kind of cool. So, you know, she can just rock out this song and not have to pull her own stuff into it. Written by Tom Petty and Mike Campbell. I'm pretty sure Jimmy Iovine asked, said to Tom, we need another song. You got anything that you could sing with Stevie? And this is what they had. Right. And, pretty great. And I believe that Stevie did want Tom Petty to produce this album, but then mm -hmm. Jimmy came in and yeah. changed that dynamic. And then, of course, like I said, they started living together. Yeah. So that was that. And, uh, yeah, I just, uh, I mean, Kyle and I saw the Foo Fighters a couple years ago at the Forum, and Dave brought Stevie out, and oh. him and Stevie sang Stop Dragging My Heart Around, and the Heim sisters did the background vocals. Forget about it. It was awesome. Forget about it. Yeah, it was yeah. great. So beautiful. Uh, what else? They did another one that night, too, another Stevie song. What was it? Was it Fleetwood Mac? Did they do The Chain, maybe? I think they did The Chain. You're going to look that up? Sure. All right. My first song off Belladonna is I Love Think About It. Yeah. was co-written with Roy Bitten of the E Street Band, and he plays uh, keyboards on that. And you can hear it. You, there was a little flurry in there where it sounded just like... Springsteen. Some, yeah. No kidding. No, I didn't know that. That's good information. And here... Well, thank you. I'm reading that right off Wikipedia. Well, part of the Belladonna <laughs> album that's so beautiful is it was so heavy, you know, guitar-laden, mm -hmm. I don't know how you said it, 
guitar heavy. Guitar heavy. Sure. And and it was before a lot of the electronics came in in the 80s, which in Stevie's later albums that we're going to talk about, you know, you get a lot of synthesizer stuff coming in, yeah. a lot of drum machines. But Belladonna was straight on. Yep. rock and soulful, roll. Soulful California rock and roll. Very Eagles-ish, very smooth, and just, um, just pure, I really feel. I'm going to give you a rundown of some of the people that play on this album. Stevie Nicks plays on this album. What? Yeah, she does all the vocals. Hmm. Uh, we got Tom Petty, Mike Campbell, Don Felder, Ben Montench, Stan Lynch, Don Henley, Waddy Wachtel, Davey Johnstone from the Elton John Band, Donald Duck Dunn, uh, Russ Kunkel. They're all pros. That Roy have, Bitton. That I mean, have gone yeah, everyone. On ridiculous careers. It, ridiculous. ridiculous. Ridiculous careers. Every one of those. And guys. they all love Stevie. So when she said, hey, could you come and do th-? They probably all said, yeah, definitely. So Russ Kunkel was the drummer on this? He plays on tracks one and two and four, one and two and four through seven. Who else plays drums on this? Phil Jones plays some drums. Stan Lynch plays drums on two tracks. And like you said, Don Felder, Don Henley, yeah. these guys, you know, so again, it, it definitely has that, the roots of California rock. Absolutely. So what is your next song? What do we got? Well, listen, I mean, After the Glitter Fades is one of those perfect, beautiful songs that again, it almost feels like everybody can relate to it, even if you're not thinking in that, in terms of like Hollywood, yeah. you know, which in truth, she did not write it about Hollywood at all. In fact, she wrote it in 1972 around the time she wrote Landslide. And this is before she had any type of fame or any type yeah. of glitter and rock and roll. Um, and she actually wrote it for Dolly Parton, but she couldn't find it to pitch to her. So she ended up recording it herself. Did so, Dolly ever record it since then? I don't know. That's a great question because I bet she'd do a great job I bet on she it. Would but too. it's just so sweet. It's a very beautiful, sweet song. Let's play that, Kyle. Every song in this album is great. It's got 10 songs. It's a 10 out of 10, in my opinion. Uh, I picked songs that weren't the singles. So we're not going to hear Leather and Lace with Don Henley, which is great. And it's just well, that an amazing song, album. You know, again, after the glitter fades, you hear that pedal steel guitar. Yeah. And it's just kind of like, you know, whining in the back and coming in. And it's just... It's just perfect. And you can see these people playing together, every one of them at the top of their game. Yeah. And then they come together and they just make this perfect music. And who can't relate to after the glitter fades, whether that be, you know, after you had a good date, mm-hmm. after you had a good job or you had, you know, a good weekend and it fades yeah. and your memories fade. And so, you know, it gives me chills. It just, there's a, it's a perfect <clears throat> song. Another perfect song. Would you like a sweater? It might be chilly. I know. The uh, Stevie co-wrote nine of these of the ten, except for "Stop Dragging My Heart Around," and uh, she wrote uh, looks like seven of them by herself. Yeah. So I wonder if this album, when this album came out, 
if uh, the, the band members in Fleetwood Mac were like, she's been holding out on us. She didn't bring any of these songs. Yeah. Or did she bring them? And Lindsay said, no. Wow, that's that's a very good question. Yeah, he's wrong. Yeah, he's going to be wrong for let's, sure. Let's hear, my next song is uh, Stan Lynch from the Heartbreakers plays drums on this. This is Outside the Rain. has a little like a Fleetwood Mac groove going on yeah. there at the end. I, I'm dating myself, but I have to say, when I hear these songs, I just think about being at the bus stop as a kid. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because they played they played Stevie Nicks so heavy. They played this album mm-hmm. so heavy on yeah. the radio. You couldn't avoid it. I mean, and, and a lot of these songs started <clears throat> almost running together in a way. And this because pre- it was the sound was right. so specific. And this album predated uh, MTV. I don't remember videos from this album. No, I don't the next so. album, yes. But so this was all about radio airplay and uh, word of mouth and all that kind of thing back yeah. then to make this album, you know, go platinum. Do you know what Belladonna means? I don't. Kyle. <laughs> uh, one second. He's looking it up. Searching. It is. Uh, it's a deadly nightshade. I'm sorry, what? A deadly nightshade? <laughs> yeah, a drug prepared from the leaves and root of this, uh, yeah. Oh, I see. You know what? No, I think that's absolutely, that is right. That's correct. It's it's like a from a plant, right? Mm-hmm. It's like the belladonna. It would be like the, um, you know, I don't know, the ginger, the, you know, it's like something that, it's a, is it poison though, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's a poison. Uh, would you like another glass of belladonna? In, in, <laughs> In Italian, it means beautiful lady. That's probably what it means for well, this album. Well, it could be either could because be either. she maybe had, it's you know, both. She she's, had her persona yeah, as the witchy witch. woman and all she's that. So yeah. Uh, okay, well, let's move on. Nineteen eighty-three, June tenth, nineteen eighty-three. We got the Wild Heart. This could almost. This is a very good companion piece to Belladonna. They almost feel like it, it could be a sequel album. Yeah, you she know, was really cementing her her solo voice. She really did. And she really was. Oh, man. So what's your first oh, track? Okay, here's the thing. The song, The Wild Heart, it, mm-hmm. it's been done so many times, mm-hmm. and she's recorded many versions of it. But by far, my most favorite version is when she, it's it's a YouTube video, and she's just getting her makeup put on. You know, I, I guess they're maybe they're backstage, or maybe they're, I'm not sure where exactly they were, but she's sort right. of sitting in this auditorium, and she's just getting her makeup put on, and somebody starts playing the track. And it's really early, yeah. so there's not a lot in it. It's mm-hmm. very, very loose. And she starts getting into the groove of the track, and she makes the, no, she doesn't make the makeup person literally stops what she's doing because the makeup girl feels yeah. that Stevie is on something. You know, like she needs to sing this and she needs to get it out. And so the makeup girl starts like grooving with her, and it's so beautiful. And Stevie's singing it live. And Stevie is singing it live, and it's so. Flipping perfect. I honestly, if that, unfortunately, this version I'm talking about was never made into a single. 
and it's only on this YouTube version, yeah. and yet I can listen to it on a loop. I don't, I don't know what it is about that song, but to me, it's like the purity of her sitting there and her honesty and getting into it. And there's one specific part in the video where the makeup girl, she jumps the gun on like one of her grooves, uh -huh. you know, she jumps it. And Stevie, you could see her just kind of look at her with her hand up like, wait a minute. Okay, there it is. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, it's just like Stevie, the song is in her heart. So I pulled this clip off of YouTube where we're going to hear in a minute. I do want to say uh, the Wild Heart was released as a deluxe edition, and there was a there was a version of the Wild Heart. It's a session take, which I thought maybe was this version, but it's not. No, it's a it's different not. version. Yeah. But let's hear this from YouTube, and and the Thanks. audio is not perfect, but let's hear it. Thank you. <clears throat> So good. And that was that beat. Yes. And there is another girl. There's the makeup girl, mm -hmm. Stevie, and then her backup girl is yeah. sing, sitting there singing along as well. And you only see that at the end of the video. So there is another vocalist there in the room with her. Lori Nix and Sharon Solani, if I'm saying that right. Oh, Solani. Just But they've been with her it. for years. Forget about it. And then yeah. just the words, you know, like, don't blame it on me. Blame it on my wild heart. Yeah. Like that, that could be on my gravestone. I swear to God, Pat Francis, you could put it's that too early on, for that on Christine Blackburn's gravestone. Don't blame it on me. Blame it on my wild heart. Here's some of the players on this album: Tom Petty, Mike Campbell, Ben Montench, Howie Epstein, Stan Lynch, Mick Fleetwood, Steve Lukather, uh, Don Felder, Prince, Waddy Wachtel. I mean, it's the same. You know, Roy Bitten. You Have know, you all seen Waddy Wachtel uh, down at the? Uh, here in Los Angeles, I think it's called the the Black Velvet or something. No, uh, Wadi Watel, he plays several times a year, really? and he'll just get anybody to come in. Yeah, I've seen him play with Peggy Young has stopped in. Where's the Black Velvet? It's down in um, it's we're near the okay. Remember the Mint, the gig, mm -hmm. like Culver City. Oh yeah, area? yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so it's there, and it I think it's called the Black Velvet. Yeah, because it used to be something else, and it changed. But Wadi Watel plays there at least five, six times a year. You can get on his mailing list and I've you'll only, find out when he goes. And it is crazy because I, it's like you're in, you're like in a, it's a tiny club, but it's like you are at a stadium, you know, rock concert. Yeah, I love him. He, the first oh. time I saw him live was he was touring with James Taylor in 1981. And it was like, he brought a whole rock and roll vibe to, you know, James Taylor's set for sure. He's a rock god. He really is. Well, I had, I had the studio version of Wild Heart, but we we're going to, we'll forego that. This is my favorite song on uh, the Wild Heart album. This is Enchanted, because this rocks. <clears throat> That's Russ Kunkel on drums on that track. She sounds like she's having so much fun singing this song. Yeah, she's probably excited to be recording another solo album. Yeah. Because, you know, you do a solo album and you, and you probably think, I may never do another one, so this will be Yeah, because how many songs do you have in right. you? But she has a lot of songs in she her. She has a lot of songs in her. What's your next track? Okay, well, come on. Stand Back 
is just one of those rocking songs that I've read her uh, articles from her talking about the song Stand Back. And she says it's by far her favorite song to perform. And as soon as she hears the opening, you know, the opening drums kick in, she says she just can't not dance. Um, And like you were mentioning, Prince is on the album. And when she, at one point she was, she actually uh, got married the day that she wrote this song. The day she wrote the song, she was getting married and she's driving to Santa Barbara and she hears little red Corvette come on from Prince. And she pulls over and she just starts writing like right at that minute. And she knows that stand back. She was inspired by little red um, Corvette. Uh, I think she told this story when we saw her. Yeah. Oh yeah. I think she time. might've actually. Yeah. yeah, you're right. I think she did. And it is just such a rocking song and it builds to this crescendo where she's just practically screaming. And that's, I think where we're going to kick it in at two fifty-seven. And we just, got, she just kicks it, man. We got Prince on synthesizer. We got Steve Lukather on guitar and we got Russ Kunkel on uh, drums. drums again. And let's hear it. about the energy of that song and well, I, don't, I, mean, I don't even know where it's coming from fleetwood mac this is in their set list oh i didn't realize yeah that, they and, and they've been playing it for for years in their set list yeah yeah which but is it's hers yes yeah. yeah but i mean it's um that's pretty ballsy of her to say i want to say i want i'm i we have to have stand back in the set list i know yeah. it's a fleetwood mac show but i want to play this yeah it's just a stunning song Lindsay, and- i need to play this song i don't care what you say i'm not gonna tour if we don't do this this song is one of my babies it makes me think of prince it makes me feel so good and we need to play it well it has an energy that's my stevie to it. nicks impression I, that's a weird impression that's a stevie nicks talking there, i that's- thought it was like a, a trump really it sounded a little like a uh, this is the best song it's bigly uh, like a nasally thing <laughs> um but she definitely can rock this song out and mm. i have to say it's one of the I don't, I'm not a big fan of the synthesizer sound, but in this song it really yeah. works because it doesn't necessarily sound that synthesizer-y. Because sometimes- It just has that driving, it's just yeah. driving it. It's Sometimes driving the, the synthesizer can date a song. Oh, totally. But it and doesn't in this song. Not in this song. This song, you hear it and you're like, oh, yeah. I love it. Because it, 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 it yep. really, the synthesizer is almost like a percussion instrument in this song, yeah, driving, right. propelling the song forward for sure. All right. And uh, nobody doesn't get up and dance. No one doesn't get up and dance. You're you're getting up off your feet. Stevie even perks up even more when this song plays. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, they tried to recapture on this album uh, the Stop Dragging My Heart Around feel because they had another duet with Tom Petty on this one. This one's called I Will Run to You, and this was written by uh, Tom Petty by himself. So let's hear a little bit of this. So young, so
Now, I know I started on a, on a verse that Tom sang, but Stevie would be okay with that. Yeah, you know, when you hear uh, harmonies like that, yeah. when a harmony blends, when it seems like one voice, it's just astounding. And, and you know, she kind of took the back seat there when you hear Tom Petty singing the lead and she's backing him up, but it's, it's the combination of the two of them that make that song so beautiful. Yeah. And uh, let me give some stats. Belladonna sold 4 million copies in the U.S. alone. Wild Heart sold 2 million. So she, you know, these are both home runs for her. Of course. Excellent. Uh, moving on to... Rock a Little. Rock a Little. Now, yeah. now I'm going to say that I love this album. I'm not going to say it's better than the other two, but I, this is my favorite. I think this is my favorite Stevie Nicks album. Those are big words. I know they are, but I do love this but album. It is dated. It, this is dated. I agree. It's like very poppy and keyboardy and it's yeah it's got those all those synthesizers all over the place but and i drum machines and yeah but i love it i don't know interesting i don't know why i love it but i do like this is my go-to album i'm again not saying it's the best yeah i'm just saying it's my personal favorite now it, she toured with bob dylan and tom petty uh, during this in and and in australia when they mm -hmm. were doing the, um this particular album and I have to say, um, this tour that she was on was a turning point in her life because right before the tour started, a plastic surgeon told her that she had severe health problems or she, she already had severe health problems, but if she didn't stop using cocaine, mm -hmm. she would die. And so- So a plastic surgeon, because he was looking at her nose? Yes. Okay. So she actually was on the Chris Isaac show. Remember that show? The Chris yes. Isaac Hour, it was yeah. called. And Stevie Nicks says to Chris Isaac on the air- what do you think of my nose? And Chris Isaac says, well, I think the next time you do a hit of cocaine, you're probably going to drop dead. <laughs> and Stevie Nick says, you know, I used to carry a gram of cocaine in my boot at all times. Yeah. So does Kyle. But at the end of, but the end of the, uh, that Australian tour mm -hmm. in 1986, she checked herself into the Betty Ford rehab center and she took 30 days to overcome the cocaine addiction. And, uh, then, you know, she, they put her on Klonopin mm -hmm. and, Man, it's a lot. Right? She's lucky to be alive. She's lucky to be alive, and I'm so glad that she made mm -hmm. it through that period. Because just because you're a drug addict, or just because you're you know you're a rock star mm -hmm. and you go down this path that seems yeah. so cliche, it doesn't mean she's a bad person. No, you know she has all this going on around her, mm -hmm. these pressures, and if she's going to be constantly interviewed, constantly on stage, and uh, you know a snort of cocaine is going to get her to that place, I could see that. That's how we get up for the show every day, every time we do it. We have it, we, we have it right there over on the coffee table. Uh -huh. People just come in. Have you ever done cocaine? Oh yeah, man. I, well, I, <laughs> I, it wasn't like I asked you if you ever had a Snickers bar. No, 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 no but I, for two years, <laughs> never had a Snickers. You never, but never. had cocaine. I don't do sugar. <laughs> I don't do sugar. No, well, but in the eighties, okay. yeah, I, I did cocaine for two years. I was 19 years old and I was 20 years old. And you know why I stopped? When you say you've done it for two years, like what is, like how often is that? Is I would probably a do it four days a week. Four days a yeah, week, four I, out of seven. Yeah. Because for two I, years. Right, correct. How did you not, just not, stop doing it? Maybe not it? during college. It was during the summers. Mm -hmm. I was living in Colorado. Okay. And I would waitress and make as much money as I can. And then I would buy cocaine. Where do you buy cocaine? And then I would cocaine? do it for days. Where do you buy There was a guy in, in, in Colorado called Tall Paul Harrington. Big shout out to Tall Paul. And yeah, thanks for getting, uh, <laughs> thanks for getting Christine dealer. hooked on the powder. He was the drug dealer up in Grand County. <laughs> it's true. Rocky Mountain National Park. There was only the one guy who okay. had it. But Tall Paul always had it. But can I tell you why I stopped doing cocaine? Because this is really this. Really Are you sure you stopped? Makes me laugh. 
Because at that time, okay, Kyle, stay with me. I'm staying. VCRs were just getting hot. Perhaps you've heard of the VCR. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They were like $1,000. They were like $700. <laughs> I shit you know. They were like, okay, in this story, I remember um, I would make waitressing about $100 a night. Okay. And for four nights, then I have about $400. And I remember going to Denver because mm-hmm. you'd have to go to Denver to buy underwear because there were no underwear places in where I lived because it was in the middle of nowhere. Um, so we'd go down to Denver and I remember looking into a shop window and there was a VCR and it was like RCA or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it was $450 top loading. And I'm 20 <laughs> years old and my mind goes, bing, 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 shit. If I didn't do cocaine last weekend, I could have had that VCR. That's right. And I stopped doing cocaine. Thank you, VCR. Thank you, VCR. Mm-hmm. That's funny. Cause uh, Blu-ray player got me off heroin. <laughs> <laughs> Is this is this story in your book? Because you do have a book. I do have a book. No, this isn't in there. All right. Why not? That's a great story. I love the cocaine yeah, VCR story. That's sweet. Yeah, maybe. And so I'll you just it. kicked it. You just. Was, I mean, yeah, not like no, I not you had a pro- I'm not saying well, you had a problem. I'm just saying you just stopped. Okay, because back then, cocaine. You know, like we would go to Aspen. People were seriously <laughs> sitting at a restaurant, mm-hmm. and you're doing cocaine right before you order, and, and and it's right there on your on your on table. Your table, and nobody cared. Or you go into the bathroom, and everybody's doing cocaine in the bathroom. You could stay in the bathroom for two hours talking mm-hmm. to somebody because you're both doing cocaine. Yeah, it was so popular, it just wasn't a big deal. So we would stay up until you know five a.m., mm-hmm. six a.m., seven a.m. You can't sleep, and finally, when you could sleep, it was such a beautiful respite. But I'd wake <laughs> up in the morning. And my boyfriend at the time, there would be two rails, and he'd say, good morning, and then there'd be the cocaine lined up, ready to go. Let's go. Start again. I love it. She's using the terms. Do Terrible. Do a rail. Terrible. Shoot some window pane. Really Do stupid. some horse. Such a waste of time, and it sounds so cliche, but it's true. Cocaine is such a lie. Mm. I know that's so cliche, but it's true. It's just a lie, because all you want to do, the best part of doing cocaine mm-hmm. is on your way to get it. That should be on your story worthy, worthy t-shirts. It's, then underneath it's like, cocaine's alive. Well, <laughs> dot, dot, I'm dot, telling man. You, the best part about it is going to get it. Because once you start doing it, you're on the train and you can't, you can't, <laughs> it doesn't get better. It doesn't get better. I love it. Yeah. Anyway, okay, that's so my cocaine you're, story. No, you're being very honest here uh, to the world. Are you, are you like, you don't tell these stories to your daughter. Oh, sure. She knows. My daughter knows everything about How old is your daughter? She's 11. She's 11. And I have a one-woman show that I've been performing recently, Mm -hmm. and uh, she has seen it several times. Okay. And in it, I talk about, (laughs) in college, sleeping with two guys within an hour. Like, not good. I got to see this show. And I tell her, (laughs) and I tell my daughter, I'm like, listen- I, I am a, I am what you don't want to do. I did some of the mistakes so you don't have to do the mistakes. That's what I tell her all the time, man. All right. That's good. Because mm. uh, some parents aren't uh, dishonest. How old are your children, your girls? 18 and 14. Oh, beautiful. That's so Freshman nice. in high school, freshman in college. Oh, isn't that nice? Yeah. That's sweet. Very, really good kids. I'm going to knock wood. I'm so happy really for good. you. Yeah. Yeah, that's a big and deal. I'm happy for you too. Yeah. Anyone who has a kid, oh, and I hate when people go, you can't raise kids in Los Angeles. I go, fuck off. Because oh you know what? Because so we just better. did it. We're doing it, you yeah, idiots. And it's so much better because she has choices and, and options and she sees and diversity. Success, and she sees what success can be and she sees that you don't always have it. Right. It's good and bad. And there's, she just has a very, very um, broad, exactly broad, you know, um, way to look at the world right. because she just, it's just not go to work, come home, watch TV, go to work, come home, watch TV. No, it's not it at all. And she sees me hustling my ass off yeah. and I Working want, hard. I want her to see that Yeah, because this is, that's what it is. Yeah. She can always take the other road. She wants to become an accountant or a teacher or a that's nurse fine. or whatever. You'll be happy if she her. does that. Of course. 
but I just wanted to see. There's options. There's options. Good. Yeah. Okay. There. Now we've, we've, we've finished that up. Okay. Kyle, you're going to have children in LA. Uh, probably. Yeah. <laughs> good. Eventually. Yeah. yeah. I bet you'd be a good dad. Thanks. <laughs> this, uh, rock a little, rock a little. Okay. Again, synthesizer heavy, uh, multiple producers. I never, I usually don't care for that. I always think there's no consistency when you're doing a bunch of producers and stuff, but, um, who knows what was going on in Stevie's life. It was just, and they were probably pushing her. You got to do a third album. You got to get this out. We got to do it. We got to do it. So what is your first song from rock a little? I can't wait. No, well, we're going to have to wait is what no, we're going to have to do. <laughs> you did not give this to me. I, I don't have wait. it. I can't wait for Kyle is that on your to list? play it. I is that on your talk paper? to me and I I sing for the things. What's on your paper list I have, there? Uh, oh, oh shoot. I wanted to do, I can't wait. Okay, yeah. Let's do talk to me. Sorry okay, about that. Sorry about that. That's all right. I talk went with me. your list. Sorry. Four. And again, the list of people who are on this album, it's the, it's the same list of people plus even more people because people are still just, they're still like, yeah, I want to work on Stevie Nicks' album. Yeah, that song there, Talk To Me, got so much airplay. It did. Oh my gosh, it was huge. And again, yeah. it's a universal message, you know? Yeah. It's just a beautiful song. And you can hear you can hear the production is, is it's it's getting more 80s. It sure is, man. You hear those yeah. synthesizers become so strong. Yep. I think it was called a Roland D50. That was the machine that they were playing, that keyboard. No, now you're just talking. The cocaine's talking. <laughs> um, this, uh, my first song is, was co-written uh, with Stevie and Mike Campbell, who's her bandmate now in Fleetwood Mac. Are you going to go see the new Fleetwood Mac oh, when they man. come around? I've got to. I've got to. Right? Of course. I see a lot of concerts by myself. I don't know if you knew that, but I... Oh, that's sad. I, no, I don't <laughs> No, care. I'm kidding. I, I, I don't mind at all seeing I, I've seen by shows myself. by myself, too. I, I don't I mind either. My, in fact, I saw that, that Stevie Nicks uh, show at the Forum I saw by myself. I don't mind Probably at all. You get a better seat I, when you buy move, one. Right. I can move around. I don't have to listen to anybody. I don't have to talk to anybody. I can just focus, <laughs> man. Because really, I take concerts like really seriously. Oh, I do, too. And you pay a lot of money to go, and so... You know, you, you want to leave having I want the a good whole time. Thing. I want the whole thing. Yeah. Well, I think they're. I think this. I think they're coming for three nights. So. Oof, but this is. Uh, this is Imperial Hotel, and you're going to hear some. Uh, some crazy production on this too. I love every song in this album. Yeah, that's beautiful. What, what do you got? What's number two? Are you two? opening your mail? Oh, no, that's Yeah, it. I'm going to pay some bills if you don't mind. <laughs> I'm going to do some, I have an online bill pay. <laughs> You're holding liner notes. No, I'm getting ready for my for my next song. I have to read Great. something. Hoping, okay. hoping, and look, 
Let, play your song now. Okay, we'll I Sing for Things. That's my next. This is a great song. Now, who doesn't believe every word she says? I know. I agree you know with what I you. mean? It's, she's so heartfelt and it's so true, but yet her themes are universal. And I feel like she's almost like a conduit for other people uh, to experience their own loss and mm -hmm. love and their own lives. And she somehow makes these songs, you know, um, universal for everybody to enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. Now... I'm going to preface this next song before we go. I played it here on the show before. It's called, Has Anyone Ever Written Anything For You? Yeah. And it was written for Joe Walsh. It was inspired by Joe Walsh. What you need to know about me is I'm not a good reader, like out loud. Okay. So bear with me when I read something here. Okay. Also, what you need to know for me is I could cry. Okay. So I could cry reading this. Kyle, have I ever cried on the show before? Many times. Okay, here we go. So uh, I just want to read a little bit about, um, d -d 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 okay. This is from liner notes to something called the best of Stevie Nicks time space. So she's, it's, it's about this song. Uh, I guess I had been complaining about a lot of things going on on the road. And uh, Joe decided to make me aware of how unimportant my problems uh, were. Uh, if they were compared to worse sorrows. So he told me that he had taken his little girl to this magic park whenever he could and the only thing she ever complained about was that she was uh, too little to reach up to the drinking fountain. So as we drove to this beautiful park, and I'm just going to paraphrase now, he takes her into the woods and he had a drinking, a small drinking fountain built there for her. His daughter had died in a car accident when she was like two or three. Wow. Very young. So, um, uh, yeah, so I can't read anymore because I'll cry. But uh, so that's what, and so right then she wrote this song. That's amazing. For Joe. I yeah. didn't hear. I've never. I've never yeah. knew that. That's beautiful. Yeah, it's it's even more beautiful if you can read the whole thing and yeah. tear up. So let's hear. Has anyone ever written anything for you? Has anyone ever written anything for you? And all your darkest have you ever heard me sing? Listen to me now You know I'd rather be alone Than be without you Don't you know Has anyone ever given anything yeah, I guess if you're complaining about the bus is too loud and you're not getting a good night's sleep on the bus and this and that, and then your boyfriend at the time, Joe Walsh, takes you and shows you a fountain he made for his daughter who died, I guess that can put things in perspective. Yeah, yeah, but that doesn't, yeah. you know, you don't can't discount her pressure, True. the pressure that, was, that she was under. True. 
But um, does she play piano, Pat, or does she not? Because I'm just kind of, when I'm hearing that song, I'm picturing her sitting down at the piano playing, but I don't think she does play. Uh, on this album, it says she's just, she, she plays synthesizer on one track, but not this track. Mm-hmm. So she must be able to play. Yeah. Yeah, how does she write? Does she write on the piano? Yeah. Probably. I'm not sure. I don't know either. Yeah, that's a beautiful song and a, and a really good story. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Uh, so the albums are coming 81, 83, and 85 every two years and mixed in with Fleetwood Mac activity. So yeah, she's really Cranking super busy. Cranking it out right now, yeah. So then we have a four-year layover between studio albums, which brings us to 1989, and this is The Other Side of the Mirror. Mm-hmm. And this yeah, is produced off that cocaine. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I wonder but, if that's what that means. Well, no, the Kalanapin, she got addicted to that, you know, after the cocaine. What does that do? Tell me what that drug does. I don't know. Well, actually. Hand me your purse. Let me take some. <laughs> I just had somebody on Storyworthy talking about um, his addiction to Kalanapin, actually. Are you looking it yeah. up and see what it does, Kyle? Yeah, it also is. Also see if Tall Paul has any. <laughs> it, it's, a, it's the brand name for Klonazepam, which treats seizures, panic disorder, and anxiety. Hmm. So how would that make you feel if you were addicted to that? How, what would that, would that mellow you out? Uh, I'm not sure. I'm really not. Probably a little bit, yeah. Right. But it can also cause paranoid or suicidal ideation, impair your memory, judgment, and coordination. And if you combine it with other substances like alcohol, it can slow your breathing and lead to death. I got to tell All you. right, that I, sounds great. I am so not a fan of any prescription drugs. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you have a surgery or something and you need certain pain meds, et cetera, I get that. Yeah. But in general, like I say, if possible, don't take anything. Yeah. Like just don't do it. Yeah, whenever I've had any surgeries and, you know, you get Vicodin or something, I, I, I always end up having like the whole bottle left. Yeah. I take like one or two the Did first day. you sell day. that, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I take one or two the first day and then I'm like, I don't, if I don't need it, why would I keep taking it? Yeah, I, well, you know, yeah. if you have a dependency, yeah. it's confusing to me too though because I've never gotten a high off of Vicodin. Mm-hmm. I've only like, like after like a C-section from when I had my yeah. child, then I wouldn't feel the pain, but I never got to the other side of it where like the, the excitement kicked in or like yeah. the, the drug kicked in right, like right. I did when I did cocaine or, you know, weed even. Yeah. I never got that from opioids, but uh, I obviously people do, you know, I watch the news sometimes at night with my daughter. Probably it's, not a good thing hard to do. To, yeah, it's hard to do because I have to explain to her words like pussy, you know. But anyway, um, <laughs> during that half hour period between... You know what? When we're off mic, could you explain that to me? <laughs> between the hours of 6.30 and 7, they have that nightly news on, you know, Lester yes. Holt, the NBC nightly news yeah, or whatever. Yeah. And if you watch during that half hour, honestly, they will show no no less yeah. than 12 or 15 ads for drugs, yep. that what are, what are you talking about? Latufa, papufa, papipi. You know, if you know, what what are you talking about? If Some, you're allergic to latufa, don't take latufa. I right, love that warning. If you're having suicidal thoughts, yeah, yeah. you might want not want to do that. But my daughter and I sit there with her and we laugh mm-hmm. during all these yeah. spots. I'm trying to show her this is absurd. That all these drugs are crazy. There's an ad with who's the actor who was in uh, who was in Goodfellas? Yeah, I know Ray, Ray Liotta. Liotta. Ray Liotta. Okay, so there's a, talking about but Chantex. Chantex now. <laughs> all the all the all the um, all the side effects to Chantex are like all the things that Ray Liotta has. Yeah, like it's like right. could cause anger, could cause it's like all this stuff. I'm like, he's already got all that. And so I'll say to my daughter, you know why he's doing that, Alabama? You know why he's t- doing that spot? Because he needs the money. And they must be giving him at least $100,000, yeah. like just a dropout money or $200,000. Yeah. 
That's why he's doing he it. He needs another chemical peel yeah. on his face. Oh so that's gosh. why. Oh my gosh. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> there's there's one ad. I'll say it's for Lunesta, but I don't think it's it's that. But okay. it was like the whole ad was just like, there are some things we forgot to tell you about Lunesta. And then for 30 seconds, they just list things, that, yeah. <laughs> other things that could have gone wrong. Yep. <laughs> it could kill you. That's <laughs> the craziest thing. Uh, all right. The other side of the mirror, this is produced by Rupert Hine. The whole album's produced by Rupert Hine. She ends up. Uh, becoming r- romantically involved with Rupert mm-hmm. Hine. And you can listen to... Seems uh, like a theme. My friend... Well, you know, when you're in the... Back then, and you're in the studio together 24-7. Well, yeah, and if And if you're attracted to each other, whether you're attracted to their looks or their talent or their personality, they're probably going to fall into bed together. Thank you, Pat. That is very true. I mean, And right? it's not an evil thing. It's not a bad no. thing. It's just it happens. It's it's normal. I mean... You know, Stevie Nicks has never had a child. She doesn't no. have children. She, the songs are her babies. Yeah, well... And, and you know, so she has lovers. You know, yeah. what's wrong with that? And, uh, I mean, as, as long as... Uh, I, I don't know. I think Rupert might have been married at the time, but you know what? I always say that's not. The, Are you sure about that? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> Let's say he wasn't then, because I okay. don't think that she would cheat. I don't think that she would. You know, uh, what do out. I know? I hope. I hope not. <laughs> I would like to think that she was only with people that were available. Well, my friend John uh, Lamro has a great podcast called The Hustle, and he just uh, recently interviewed Rupert Hine. It's a great no episode. He talks about oh, Stevie good. in there. That's where I might have heard it mm. on there, but I'm not. 100% sure. So I don't want to put that rumor out there. Um, but um, so what, do you like this album? Yeah. It, uh, yeah. But again, it, it's not one of my favorites. Yeah. It um, has its moments. Yeah. The, the track I really enjoyed is Doing the Best I Can, uh, Escape from Berlin. Again, the uh, the keyboards definitely play yeah. kind of a percussion role. Yeah. But when I hear songs like this, I think about how many musicians are on stage at the same time yeah. and how they just must get into this groove mm-hmm. and start moving together as one. And they're probably all thinking like, holy shit, we're playing with Stevie Nicks. I don't even know how that works. And I don't even know how everyone's playing something different and it all comes together and it forms a song. What do you mean? Like, do you, are you musically inclined? Do you play an instrument? I do. I play guitar and piano. Is that why you brought your guitar today? Are you going to sing for us? <laughs> I didn't, but um, I do play quite a few Stevie Nicks songs. It's like, um, and you have, a, you have a nice voice, a nice singing voice? Um, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> probably not, but I'll sing anyway. I don't care, man. Um, I just like, it's like, this guy's playing something, this guy's playing something, and it all comes together to make this beautiful thing. But it's just like, it's like mind boggling to me. You know what I'm saying? It's mind boggling to me how you know so much yet so little about music. Thank you, Kyle. I agree because you really (laughs) have an ear for everything. You can, you can discern all the different (laughs) instruments and things going on, but you're telling me you don't understand how they do it together. No, that sounds confusing. Have you ever been a part of a team sport? Yes, but not often. That's why I like tennis. Yeah. Oh, I play tennis. You know. I know you do. We've been threatening for four years for you to kick my ass in tennis. I will kill you. (laughs) I will. I will crush you. We first of all, we put two rails down, and then we get on that court. (laughs) Let me tell you who plays on this album: Mike Campbell, Kenny G, uh, Bruce Hornsby, Tony Levin. 
or Levine on bass, uh, Wadi Wachtel, and Rupert Hine produced the big Fix album, so he's got Jamie West Orham on guitar. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So. Okay. Now what's my song? Well, Kermit the Frog's song. <laughs> uh, I like Rooms on Fire. I think that was the single. One of the singles. Somewhere. Love the tambourine in there. You're grooving. You like that song. You're oh, grooving I do. to it. I love that song. I almost chose it actually, uh, but then you, Bruce Hornsby does this duo with her that I'm yeah. going to talk about in a minute. But um, you're talking about the tambourine there. Mm-hmm. So do you not understand when she's hitting that beat? You do understand. I understand percussion instruments. Okay. okay. I understand. I understand. Oh, here's the beat. This is when, like, if you put me on stage with someone and said, "Grab something," I yeah. would be a, a drum type instrument or, or, and I could yeah or the bass which yeah, is percussion because well. I've got rhythm and I could keep a beat yeah. and, you know and like my you know if if my kids are playing a song at home I will dance and I'm, I'm on the beat and they're like they just think it's hysterical they're like how do you okay but um but no when it's like someone playing guitar and a keyboard part and the, that's the stuff anything that's uh, like what a caveman would do <laughs> I can I can handle that <laughs> um this album I just want to throw out there again this album goes platinum yeah. 1989, people yeah. are still buying Stevie Nicks albums. So what's your next song? Uh, Two Kinds of Love. And like we said, it's um, a duet with Bruce Hornsby. That's Kenny G, I, I think. Yeah. Say, yeah. That song has, it has such a time stamp on it to me of 1989 mm-hmm. because Bruce Hornsby, I mean, you could almost hear Mandolin Rain in yeah, that yeah. flipping song. I mean, it's just all those songs. And then the Kenny G sticks out. I yeah. mean, it was just iconic for that period. Mike Siegel just posted that he was on a flight and he said, Kenny G is on my flight. He's further back in coach than I am. He goes, <laughs> that makes me feel great and not so good all at the same time. <laughs> I wonder if Kenny G still has the hair. How else would you recognize him? He would have that hair. Well, he has a clarinet stuck to his face. <laughs> <laughs> No, but you would. He's, I think, he's demanding a drink and saying, "Do you know who I am?" <laughs> I think that's his natural. The G hair. is for gin. <laughs> um, I think that's his natural hair too. Uh, my next song. I picked the songs that have fire in the title. This is written by Stevie Nicks, Mike Campbell, and Rupert Hine, and this is "Fire Burning." A huge
Now, before we move on, we're gonna uh, we're gonna take a pit stop here for a second. Not pit, not pit stop at the show. I'm just the next two songs. You don't have these songs. These are on this Time Space album. She recorded three new songs for this album, hmm. and I just wanted to play two of these because she works with some unlikely people on these songs. She this first one was written by John Bon Jovi. Wow. And this song is called, uh, is it called Sometimes It's a Bitch? All right, here we go. Let's hear this. So that's, that's a great line. It's a man. great, it's a great line. And we got Ben Montench, Wadi Wachtel, Danny Korchmar, Tico Torres oh, from yeah. Bon Jovi on drums, Randy Jackson yeah. on bass, John Bon Jovi on acoustic guitar. It's so it's sometimes it's a bitch, sometimes, sometimes it's, it's a, breeze. a breeze. That is cool. I've never heard those. Lyrics. Sometimes it's roses, sometimes it's weeds. Okay, now sometimes it's cocaine, sometimes yep. it's kalanapin. <laughs> now she, wait, do you hear who wrote this next song? She stays with the hair guys. This is a Brett Michaels song Woo! from Poison. And this song is called Love's a Hard Game to Play. Wake up my sweet child. And towards the end of the song, during the fade out, you can hear Brett Michaels is singing with her. Beautiful. And uh, yeah, it's pretty. It's, it was it was an interesting that she she worked with John Bon Jovi, Jovi and Brett Michaels. Yeah. That sounds like it could have been a big hit for Poison. Sure, sure. So uh, okay, now we're gonna move to 1994. This is Street Angel. This album also goes gold. Yeah. Well, she covers one of my favorite songs of all times. Just like a woman, mm -hmm. and I, I adore that song, and I adore her version of it. Yeah, because uh, you know it's um, she doesn't change the gender. She yeah. doesn't sing. It's just like a man. Yeah, you know, there's a version of um, <laughs> "You Make Me Feel Like a Natural Woman" that Rod Stewart does, that and he so changes upsetting. the gender. That is so it upsetting. Is, it is. We played it here many times for fun, and it is horrendous. <laughs> it's terrible. Horrible. So, uh, so are we going to start with Just Like a Woman? I'd like to, yeah. It's a Bob Dylan song.
Now, Bob Dylan plays guitar and harmonica on that song. Yeah, you hear the harmonica yeah. coming through. You know, the words and, and the melody just pour out of her mouth mm -hmm. like butter. Like, you can tell she loves this song, man. Yes. And her voice is just with it. I mean, it's just like, it seems so effortless. Um, Bernie Ledden's on this uh, album. Uh, ben Montench, Waddy Wachtel, Roy Bitton, Mike Campbell, Bob Dylan, Ron Blair. Friend of the show, Kenny Aronoff. David Crosby is on this album. Yeah. Uh, it's crazy. And yeah. I, again... I love this album. This isn't one of the ones that people go to. I listened to this album like five times this week. No kidding. I just, Street Angel. Yes. Really? I really love this yeah. album. Interesting. And the first- <laughs> How do you listen to most of your music, Pat? In the car, in the CD player. I like to grab- CDs. I like to grab Physical. an album and I like to listen to that album. Yeah. Yeah. Do Physical. Have, yeah. I don't have Bluetooth in my car. Mm -hmm. I wish I did. Mm -hmm. um, but I, you know- I listen in a lot of different ways, Spotify, Pandora, yeah. all those things. That's what my kids do. Like, they're like, they're like, why would you buy that? Why would you bring that CD when it's all on Spotify? I'm like, mm, I like this. I know. I do this too. what I like. I, I do too. But it's a tricky thing, man. CDs seem very cumbersome now. Cumbersome? As it were. Just, just put it right in. Yeah, but there's a case and there's plastic. That's how I talk. Just put it right in. Cracked, dirty. I talk like it's uh, a CD. I'm just like, it's the precious. Yeah. I don't know, man. First song in the album is Blue Denim. Yeah. I love this song. It's a great song. Everything about it. Written with Mike Campbell. Like I, I picked four songs from this album. I'm not going to play four, but I couldn't figure out what one not to play. Yeah. So, but Blue Denim was going to be played. That's a great song. Thank you. I didn't write it, but thank you. I like the song Jane on the same track. Yeah, on it's the about same Jane album. Goodall. Yeah. No, really? Yes. I don't think I knew that. Yeah, listen to the lyrics. I'm going to. Such a little girl. Such a hard life. She could look at child. Straight between the eyes Disappointment Would become her middle name Up against the wall, Jane So her nights became nightmares As she fought for their souls And her days became worse For the ones she loved Children of the world Next line, listen. The forgotten chimpanzee In the eyes of the world You've done so much for me There are angels here. Angels. The 
forgotten chimpanzees. It's like she's a conduit, you know, um, and, you know, her people's stories go through her. Mm -hmm. You know, that's beautiful. I don't know why I didn't realize that before. I just like the idea of this woman's challenging yeah. life and losing. Yeah. I, 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 I mean, I didn't figure that on my own. I read it. I'm like, I read that it was about Jane Goodall. And mm. so and then when you listen, you go, oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. Sure. Okay, what's the next song I play? The single was very poppy, but I liked it. Uh, I do like Rose Garden. Let's, let's do Greta. We'll hear Greta. She does a lot of songs with women's names. Rhinestone collections all the time I wonder what Greta would say Another lady, another time Another heartbroken state of mind Alone in her chambers She dreams of her home Outside She's got a movie star What's this song about, Pat? I don't know. I used to think it was about uh, Greta Garbo, but then she has a song called Garbo, and so it's not about Greta. It's, I don't know. Hmm. I, mean, I would have to look at the lyrics and then... Yeah. I just love the everything about it, though. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. I, I never really listened to it intently, and I don't know. I, I like it. I, I wouldn't... Pull this album out. You'll, yeah, I'll, you know, I will you'll, have you'll, to. You'll, you'll, you'll like it. Yeah, I'm going to do that. So... <laughs> Sounded so dismissive. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do, Pat. <laughs> so um, now we go for the longest period between solo albums because I think I think maybe Fleetwood Mac stuff after the dance came out. I think Fleetwood Mac stuff was really going. Yeah, for well, this time. they did a box set in That's right. Yeah. So that was 1998. Right. But you're right. Between '94 and uh, 2001, yep. she didn't have any nope. any albums. And this is uh, this album's called Trouble in Shangri-La. This went gold after yeah. that many years. She still sells half a million albums, which is incredible. This is one of my very favorite albums of hers. I love the cover. I love everything about it. The cover itself, just the oranges and the yellows, and she just looks like she's so in her essence. This is the album I don't like. Oh God damn it! I know. We're we gonna have to take this outside. Motherfuck. Pat. I know. I just, and you know what? I love, I love Sheryl Crow. I, I love, say, yeah. like when this album came out, I was so psyched. I'm like, this is going to be amazing. And I don't know why it never, um, uh, what do they say? It never gelled with me. It never, I mean, I'll, I'll try this one. This, if you listen to um, Street Angel, I'll pull this out and listen to it top to bottom. But I just don't know why listen, I couldn't get into it. You nailed it. it, though, because it is very Sheryl Crowish, And mm-hmm. Sheryl Crow sings on the album. But I as, do love Sheryl Crow. As well as Sarah McLachlan, another one of my very favorites. Mm-hmm. And Macy Gray and Natalie Maines. And they are on this album with her. And maybe yep. that's one of the reasons why I do love it so yeah. much. Because maybe it's a chick album or whatever. But I love all of those women so much and there's a folkiness yeah. to this album that I adore and there's a lot of love songs you know some of the songs are 
it's only love. I miss you. Love changes. And so, yeah. you know, a lot of this definitely. Lin- um, Lindsay Buckingham, guitar and backing vocals on I Miss You. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so. and uh, my favorite on the album, which I just adore, the song Planets of the Universe. I just adore this. And she did write this about um, Lindsay Buckingham. Okay. Right after Rumors. Like I said, she wrote this in 1976, but she always felt it was too angry Mm -hmm. of a song and it was never the right time to put it out. So if she wrote this in 76, then she puts it out in 2001. 2001. I I don't do math well, but that's a long period of time. It's a long period of time. 25 years, I think. And then they re-released Planets Mm -hmm. of the Universe with a sort of a a funky, uh, like a disco, not disco, like a, like a track, a a mix under it, you know, and that, and that's another version of the song, like a dance mix, I mean to say. And the, uh, the two disc uh, rumors expanded edition also contains the demo for this song. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. And she was nominated for a Grammy uh, for best female rock performance for that song Mm. my song that i picked is i think this was the first single every day it was written by john shanks producer john shanks and um and a guy i love damon johnson damon johnson is a guitarist in the band black star riders and uh this is every day Is there, a, is there an album that people love that you don't like, that you're just like, nah, that doesn't do anything for me? Um, yeah, I'm sure there are. But wait a minute. Before we do that, yes. I guess say that song, the, the, where you decided to start it off there, mm-hmm. what Kyle just played, yeah. that was like quintessential perfection of her voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It encapsulates her entire voice, the soulfulness. I agree with you. It is so good. You're telling me, you do love that song. I do love that song, yeah. I mean, I picked two songs off this album. Okay. But... Um, as an, as an album listening experience, I don't know why it just doesn't resonate with me. That's the word yeah, I want to yeah. use, oh resonate. Oh my gosh, it really resonates I'll with give me. it a whirl this week. Oh my gosh. Um, the other song that I love on this album is called I Miss You, which, you know, ugh, you know. Yeah, it's, it's just a good song. flipping heartbreaking, man. It's heartbreaking. And um, may I read something that she wrote about this song? No. <laughs> she says, she says, you know, that's, um, uh, she says, well, you know what? I love that because that's why I write. I write these songs so you can put on I Miss You or it'll come on, you'll be walking around and you'll hear it and something will be happening to you and you'll, you'll go, oh, I know exactly why she wrote that song. And then it'll become your song. And Stevie says, she goes on to say, that's why, 
I write for. That's what I write for. The great joy of writing for me is to know that I can write a poem that can become somebody else's heart's desire. It is what they wanted to say, and I can say it for you. That's what I do. I interpret how I think people feel, and I try to put in a little magical music so that it's easy to listen to, and then one day, the real essence of that song will hit you. And this song, I Miss You, is just, you know, flippin' sad. Is that what we're hearing? Yeah. Let's do it. You know what? Maybe is this a this is a oh no. <laughs> no, that's okay. I got him. Oh, you got him. Here, back. I didn't. I looked up and Christine was crying. Look at this emotional Stevie Nicks stuff. Is this? I. You know what? When I looked up, what I was going to say, and I didn't know that you were tearing up. I was going to say, is this a sad album? Because maybe that's why I don't listen to it. Was there something happening in your life in 2001 to, that made this album uh, resonate? Again, I use that word, with you. And when you listen to this, does this bring up some not great memories? Lots of questions. Um, it wasn't about 2001. Okay. You know, it's not about that time. Mm -hmm. it's, just, it's just in general. Heartbreak, man. All right. And everybody's had it. You know, everybody's felt it. It's okay. Stevie Nicks, man. She just <laughs> fucking comes through, you know? Did you cry at the concert when you saw her? Did, she, did, did oh, you get yeah. emotional at I any point? I cry almost at all concerts at some point, mm -hmm. yeah, because I just get so into it. Sometimes I just, like, put my hands around my eyes and so I can just stare at the stage. I don't want to see all this shit mm -hmm. going around me. I just want to I want to be in it's it. It's like your you know? own personal set of uh, binoculars just with your cupping your hands. You know, for the first time this year, I got to be sixth row at the Hollywood Bowl. I've never had that in my life, and it was for James Taylor, and it was just... And how did you swing that? Did you buy that ticket? My buddy Randy, one of my best friends, he bought them. They were like $600 each, Yeah. and he invited me. I was, felt so special. And then, yeah, anyway... Um, I um, The Hollywood Bowl, I, I tell people all this, because uh, people that don't listen to the show that don't live in Los Angeles, that's a rich person's venue. Yeah, to me, you don't, really? you can't get a good seat oh, there. Oh. I don't feel you can get a good seat unless you have a lot of money. I don't think you need a good seat. I've oh, been see, to the I bowl do. dozens of times. I have too. I, I mean, I've probably been to the bowl a hundred times and I don't care where I sit. See, I, I mean, like the Greek. I love the yeah, Greek theater. I just saw, yeah, I just saw a show there. I, I also, yeah, the, the, the Greek is like a mini bowl. It is. But there is nothing better than the Hollywood bowl when you can get a ticket. Like I saw ELO last year, which mm -hmm. is just 
blew me away. Like nobody stopped dancing. And the you're, entire you're okay time. with sitting way up and high. And you sit way in the back and you get a ticket for 12 bucks, 15 bucks. Hell yeah, man. I'm going. I'm going. Right. There's no way. She's selling I, if, me if on I this. See a sh- if I see ELO mm-hmm. or somebody's going to be at the bowl on a whatever night, if I don't have my mm-hmm. child with me, yeah. I mean, there's no way I'm not going to that show. Yeah. Because I know, especially as a single, I can get a ticket for 15 bucks, 20 bucks, 25 bucks. How could you not go? I'm, you know, and I know a lot of people don't like the bowl because it's such a, a long experience because you got to park and you got to walk up. It's a little bit of a hassle sometimes. Yeah, and it's like a five hour deal. Yeah. It's true. Um, but for rock concerts, man, I'm in. I don't do it for the Philharmonic. That I don't care. I, I really don't. But when it's a rock show, I will definitely You're in. be there. Okay, there I, you go. I've people. gone to the bowl. I shit you not. And I've just sat outside not being able to get in and I enjoy myself. Like a hobo. Like a hobo. <laughs> And you take a bottle of wine with you? Two, paper two bag. three, you know. Here's my next song. Boy, I hope this doesn't make you cry. Thanks, Pat. Fall from grace. It's a rocker. It rocks. Sounds so Waddy Watchall. Is it? Yes. Is him? Is it him there? He is. Uh, he's on this album, yeah. so I imagine. I bet you that was him. I bet you it was too. Yeah. Oh, so good. So now it's ten years. Ten yeah. years between albums. And it, now, yeah, in your dreams comes out in 2011, and this album has my favorite Stevie Nicks song on. Ever? That's what you said that's in your crazy, notes. Crazy, right? Those are huge yeah. words. Yeah, that's yeah, that's gigantic. This is this is a pretty great album too. She uh, works with Dave Stewart and so Glenn good. Ballard. It's a great album. It was like this was a. And again, I I didn't like Trouble in Shangri-La, so this was like for me. I was like, oh, great! It feels like she's back. But I'm gonna I'm gonna listen to that album, as I said, and let's move into this album. And I am stuttering and talking like this, and it's, it's stupid. What's your first song off okay, of this so album? Okay, and like I said, my favorite song. It's for what it's worth, which I believe is a nod to the Buffalo Springfield, mm-hmm. uh, you know, song, of course. And this particular song is about Dallas Taylor, who was the drummer from Crosby, Stills and Nash, yeah. actually. And he, didn't know that. check this out, he later became an interventionist and he was working at the hospital where Stevie detoxed from Kalanapin in 1994. Wow. And he and Stevie formed a bond and he went on the Street Angel tour with her and they had an affair. And this is who she wrote that song for. And this was uh, lyrics by Stevie Nicks, music by Mike Campbell. And by the way, the video to this is off the hook beautiful. I didn't know there was a video for this. Oh I have to look God, at it. The video is beautiful. She's on a, a, a train, or is it a bus, or is it a car? She's in a vehicle. <laughs> I think it's one of those old-timey bicycles with the big wheel in front. <laughs> no, no, a penny no. farthing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear for what it's worth, Stevie Nicks. I got to sing, I got to dance, I got to be a part of a great romance. Still forbidden, still outrageous, only a few around us knew. But no one said a word, it was contagious 
We looked out the windows, we watched the cars fly by. I look at you and I start to cry. What you did was, well, you saved my life. I won't forget it. This was on my list too, but since you had it on your list and it said, this is my favorite song, then I'm, I'm not going to play it. That song reached number 25 on the Billboard Adult Contemporary Charts in September of 2011. Very nice. Yeah. Great I, song. I adore that song. Um, also though, you know, the story I told you about the drummer, Dallas Taylor, mm-hmm. uh, the, the, I heard one more story, if I may. Sure. And that was that she wrote this, I, I think it's the first, I think it's, for Dallas Taylor, but she also mentioned about touring with Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, mm-hmm. and she and Tom, I believed, were an item for a while there. And she says that when she toured with him, it was the best summer of her life. Wow! So that mm, that could be a nod to him. Yeah, not positive. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, let's hear Tom Petty passing. Must have been such a. I mean, to every. I mean, I I cried in the car when I when I heard it. I was with my daughter. And when they, when, they, when they announced it, I just kind of hit the steering wheel. And I said, oh, no. And I hit the steering wheel. And my daughter goes, are you okay? And I said, oh, just a singer I really like. See, I'm going to cry. And I saw him three days yeah. before that, before he died at the yeah. bowl. And, uh, and Chip Chinnery had an extra ticket. And he said, hey, do you want to go? I have an extra ticket. And I said, how much is the ticket? And he said, uh, I think it's like 375 bucks. And I, and I just, I was like, oh, I'll just, I'll see him next time. That's a lot of money. Yeah. I said, I can't, I can't do that. Yeah. I did so, it, but I, I think my ticket was only like a hundred bucks. There yeah. was nothing like that, but again, probably not yeah. great seats, but I had just seen him with mud crutch at the Fonda. Yeah. Oh wow. Know? That so, tiny theater. Yeah, yeah. And I saw mud crutch at the Troubadour oh, before gosh. that. So the Troubadour yeah. is such a wonderful yeah. place to see a show. Mm-hmm. So intimate. Yeah. And oh. I had seen the heartbreakers in like 80, 87, I think. So it wasn't like I had never seen Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, but so anyway. So, um, regrets. So my daughter says to me, she goes, uh, she said, Oh, I'm so sorry that the singer, you know, died that you like. She goes, Are you going to cry? And I said, Yes. And I just did. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Um, and she goes, It's okay. And I said, I know. It's very much like if uh, Bieber would pass. Well, but it's okay. I think it is okay to show children yeah. sadness and heartbreak. And, and you, 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 yeah. you say, you know, yeah, I'm going through this. And yeah. you'll see, I'm going to get better. And I'm yeah. going to pull out. And I want you to see that. So right. you don't push down emotions. No, I never people do. People push down emotions and it builds up, man. And that is going to come out sooner or later mm-hmm. in their lives. And I don't know what form, but if you don't let it out, it it, it festers. It really yep. does. You, you have to experience grief and loss and heartbreak. Absolutely. And music for me is like, that's basically how I do it. Let's hear the title track. Let's hear In Your Dreams. Again, I picked four songs. I got to figure out what I'm going to do. You tell me everything. It's going to be fine. You call my nerves land. You hold my hand. 
drum sound a little quick? Doesn't it sound like the pace is a bit a bit fast? Yeah, and uh, it says drums on here. Steve Ferroni is one of the drummers. He was from the Heartbreakers. Hmm. And um, so maybe, I don't know. Raymond and Ferroni. Mick Fleetwood, too, plays yeah. drums oh, on no this. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Interesting. So. It just seems um, the pace, the tempo seems a little faster mm-hmm. in the um, percussion department than what she's singing. You think the drummer had a couple of rails before he got behind the kit? You know, it could be. Could be. I don't know. What uh, I love that a uh, couple of rails. I love it. <laughs> I've never done any drugs in my life. Really? I've never even smoked uh, marijuana. Oh, you lie. No. Pat, you None. have so much to look forward to. I just, now I'm never going to do it because. Weed? Why not? It makes everything If they make better. it legal, then I'll do it. It's legal. Oh, okay. Let's, on the way home, we'll stop. <laughs> it's better. I know. Everything is better with weed. <laughs> no, every, no, I, I'm not trying to be funny or facetious. It's true. You love the weed. I love the weed. Do you have a, do you have a medical marijuana card? I do only, you know, you don't need it anymore in California, yeah. but you do get like, I think it's a 15% or 20% reduction. So yeah. when you go into a, a weed store, mm-hmm. it'll be like, um, recreational mm-hmm. or medicinal. So, yeah. but it's the same, same stuff, but you're going to pay 55 for this, or you're going to pay 75 for this, but it's the same, gotcha. you know what I mean? Depends on whether it's medicinal or not. And the card is like 25 bucks. It's nothing. Here's how naive I am. One night I go to a concert with my friend, a comedian, John Heffron, mm-hmm. and he gets in the car and he's eating a lollipop. I go, what the fuck are you eating a lollipop for? What's going on? You're a child? What's wrong with you? And he's like, it's an edible. I go, yeah, no, it's edible. Lollipops are edible. It's food. He's like, no, it's got, it's got marijuana. And I'm like, what the fuck? You know, I just read something about, you know, uh, like I think it's like 30% of the people that get on airplanes in the United States are stoned. Uh-huh. I mean, everybody, people are smoking so much weed there was before a, they fly. And if it's not, they're not smoking it, they're eating it. There, we had a guy on uh, on the show a couple uh, couple weeks ago and he had uh, he had some gummy bears, yeah. marijuana gummy bears. Yeah, I go, oh, you good. can take those right on there. Those are good. Yeah, well, are you going to give those out for a trick or treat this year? Even just Christine? drops. You can just do drops, marijuana drops right on your tongue. Boom, same thing. I think it'd be interesting. And you know, I used to be a flight attendant for years. Yes, that's in your book. Yeah, that's in my book. And I and I should, you know, I think it'd be interesting to say, ladies and gentlemen, if you would please pass your edibles to the center aisle, we'll be coming around for collection. And I bet you you could walk through the plane and get quite a stash. Why don't they just give it on the plane? Would you like coffee? Would you like a Coke? You want a you want a listen, gummy bear? Listen, it's all coming, man. I'm telling you, it's all coming. No, I'm not I'm not kidding. I'm still you. waiting for podcasts to be on a serious uh, radio. Why do you want podcasts to be Pod on will be on a plane I before want it that. to be right in. I want it to be right in people's cars. So that, well, so yeah, but that is. If you have Bluetooth, it is in your car. Well, I know, but I'm, I like. I want a button in the there car. There is dash. a button in the car dash, and it's you can. Does it say podcast? Yes, of course. Does it and say you, rock solid? And or, Does it say story, or story worthy? worthy? It's damn cool, actually, because a, a friend of mine, not a friend anymore, but he was a friend. He he had a newer car. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh my God, can I put, it was just a couple of weeks ago. I'm like, can I put StoryWorthy in so I can just see what it looks yeah, like yeah, yeah. in the dash of your car? It's cool, man. I yeah. drive a Model T, so maybe that's why I don't have that. Yeah. Well, the gas, you know, the, 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 <laughs> the hand crank, the hand crank car, that makes it a little trickier. Let's do Italian Summer. This okay. song is such a, it's just, it's an epic song that it's just kind of one of the, it just spans time. If it were a novel, it would be five inches thick. All right. Everywhere you 
Imagine mm-hmm. seeing her play with an orchestra. I know. And that orchestra, like I could just picture it like at the Hollywood Bowl and the orchestra would just, you know, and any time the orchestra backs up like that ELO concert yeah. I was talking about, you can tell that those musicians, the cellists, the violinists, they must be like, this is amazing. I mean, I think that they <laughs> right. would think that. Maybe, maybe yeah. I'm wrong. Maybe they don't want to play that music. But in it's my no heart, Bach. <laughs> but in my heart, they must like, all of a sudden this comes down, this Italian summer, mm-hmm. and it's just like, it's so picturesque and you can practically see, you know, the Tuscan sunrise and you could just, you know, and they just must be an unbelievable experience to be one of those stringed in- yeah. instruments on an orchestral piece like this. Uh, I have my next, I have three, I have three to choose from. I think I'm going to go with Ghosts Are Gone because that's another rocker. Ghost is gone. And I want to um, I want to play another song, but it's not from one of Stevie Nicks albums. But I want to give a shout out to this song. This is uh, from Sound City, Real to Real, and this is Stevie with the Foo Fighters. This is a song called "You Can't Fix This." Even when the devil seemed to have a heart, he said we'd never be sorry for what we'd done. And we never allowed the devil to come to the party. You can't fix this. You lost a friend. Oh my God, I love those lyrics. And that was written by Stevie Nicks, Dave Grohl, and Taylor Hawkins, produced by Butch Vig. Thank That's you. That's a great tune. Thank you for playing that. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. love those words. You can't fix this. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, pretty great song. So I just wanted to... Uh, is it called? What's it called? You Can't Fix it This. It is called that. Okay, I'm, gonna, I'm definitely going to find that. That's yeah. great. So now we're moving on. We're moving on to 24 Karat Gold, colon, Songs from the Vault. So... and. These were old songs, but she did re-record them, right? She did. Some of them are re-recorded. Now, in this year, 2014, she appeared on the third season of the television series American Horror Story. Uh, I didn't know that. She did. And that was a coven. That was, you know, it was kind of a witchy, Mm -hmm. those eight or ten episodes. Uh, Stevie was on two of them, and she played a fictional version of herself portraying like a white witch with supernatural powers. And on the show, she she sang Rihanna and has anyone ever written anything for you. She sings those. Wow. Yeah, I know. I gotta find that episode. And uh, Seven Wonders was used on the show from Flitwood Mac. Yeah, that was also on that, right. And the show asked if they could use that and she of course jumped at it and said, of course, I want you to use that. How, how, How could you not? Yeah, please take it. If you get this CD, there are unpublished Polaroid photos of Stevie Nicks 
in the in the in the liner in notes. the liner notes that she took by herself. Like she had like a she it was a like timer. a selfie yeah. before it was a selfie because yeah. there's one part I think she's in like the water and you can see like the cord to and then she would. That is so and, cool. And they're really cool photos, yeah. Yeah, that's really amazing. Remember when they had that, like, yeah, you would hit the button and then the red light would go, but right. they wanted to start going quickly. It's like, right. it's going to go, it's going to go, gonna it's going to go, gonna go, gonna go. go. And you have to run around and, like, smile yep. as quick as you could. That's great. You know what's, you know, just because we're talking about photos real quick, my, my 14-year-old and her friends, and I would have never done this when I was 14, they take selfies of themselves all the time, yeah. but they don't take, like, the Kim Kardashian, let's look as good as we can take. Good. Everyone they take... There's, there, there is goofy. They Good. try to make themselves look Good. like sometimes they'll go, let's make ourselves have fat neck. And they like make all these. <laughs> and those are the po pictures that they post on their Instagram. I'm like, Good. I, I like know. It. And I never say like, uh, don't do it. Yeah. No. Cause yeah, I'm like, that's, I'm, I'm awesome that they feel so, um, uh, what do I want to say? They have Free so much and, and, and so much self-esteem that they're yeah. like, well, I know I don't look like that, but right. why, yeah, we're just having fun. Right. It's like when, when you don't see women ever without makeup, mm -hmm. Nicole Kidman is someone who apparently never doesn't wear makeup. Like she's always in her full face. Wow. Unless like, let's say she's going to set and mm -hmm. she's going to play a battered woman, mm -hmm. which she does frequently. Then at that time they will change her makeup out. But in other words, it's not like she's going to wow. go to set without makeup on. Like she's always made up. And I mm -hmm. think to myself, like, do you, or what is that? Like, do yeah. you think that people don't know that you don't yep. have blue or, you know, like black on your eyes? Yeah. Do you think people don't realize that's makeup? I mean. Kathy, uh, Kathy Valentine from the Go-Go's who's been on the show. Uh, on her birthday every year, she posts a selfie of herself with no makeup. And whatever age she is, she'll say. Beautiful. This is what. What 50 looks like this is what 50 I did that like. at this 50 way. with no clothes. You know, people do those things. I know. I had that's my screensaver. Thank you. <laughs> on on all devices. <laughs> um, okay, we got uh, this came out in 2014. Again, these were old songs that she re-recorded or whatever they did with them. To uh, but I, I love I love these songs. It just shows how many songs she has in the vault that uh that we've never heard before so what's uh what's your first track oh, off man. of okay so 24 it's, it's, gold? it's blue water and you know it's another heartbreaker but oh shit man it's just perfect. keep the tissues it's out a perfect song song is about stevie was addicted to drinking windex and so she wrote that in uh, rehab for let me ask windex. you something Hi. have you ever been in one of those homes on malibu that is right on the ocean or an yes. apartment when the yes. water is truly coming underneath the house G jane seymour's house i was in no kidding yeah interesting boy i bet that was something it was something i was I doing mean, like a compound or something right yes i bet yeah. she i was doing pa work when i first moved out here and she unbelievably nice woman like oh, she good. was like we were in the middle of filming this uh, special, Ladies Most Fascinating Women yeah. of whatever. 
And like, but the kids, her kids would come in and go, mom, where's my soccer boots? And she'd go, or she, boots, yeah. that's what they wear in soccer. They yeah, soccer boots. Where, my, soccer, wear where are my soccer boots? And she said, that, that doesn't exist. No, but she would, she would stop filming and go, I gotta, I gotta go do this. She has and twins, right? I think so. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. she would, then she said, honey, could you go, just go out the front door and go into the next building. And I think I left my purse over there. Could you bring it? So I go into the next, it's a screening room. Yeah. Like it's like I'm ah, in a movie God theater. Bless her. God bless I know. her. Good for her. Well, Super nice. this sun yes. blue water just reminds me, I had a friend, um, I dated somebody who lived like right on the water like that. And, uh, it really is, um, exhilarating mm. and to be on top of the water like that, yeah, it weird. really is, it's weird. I don't think I like it all the time. Uh, but it was an interesting experience just to really, and when Stevie talks about mm. blue water, how the ocean moves like a lover and it's just mm. with you and you do feel like you're part of the water when you're in it like yeah. that, when it's, it's, it's your whole view at all times. It really is emotional. Like if you, if you live in a house like that, where do you go to vacation? Well, you know what I mean? You Cause go to the mountains. Okay. It's the same sort of effect in you a way. You mix it up. You mix it up. But here's the thing. Here's the difference. The mountains, especially higher elevations, can cause a lot of depression. The ocean is more of a healing, any water, any body of water. Calming. That's, it's calming, it's healing, and it's really good for your health. There. Take, right. that, take that with you, Kyle. All right, I will. My next song <laughs> is about a guy uh, named Tall Paul. This is called The Dealer. Different type of dealer, Kyle. Not a drug dealer. I figured. Uh, Mike Campbell on this album too. It just makes sense that Mike Campbell's in Fleetwood Mac right now. It's someone that that Stevie uh, loves to be around. A positive energy that it's maybe like his music as well. Really, yeah. at this point. Yeah, and maybe it's um, you know, maybe she hasn't felt that kinship on stage with Lindsay for a while, but they've done it because it's money and the fans like it but now i bet she's going to be super happy on this tour i hope so with mike and tim finn she deserves it yeah. oh i love tim finn by the way yeah and he'll be able to sing those um lindsey songs and yeah so what's your uh, okay, what's your so next here's song here's the other song i wanted to bring up um it's called it's called cat house blues and if you play it right from the top yeah. kyle it's just so um funny it's a sassy song All it's right. super sassy and uplifting i got the cat house blues i wear the high High heels, shoes. Oh, oh, darling, it's hard to be surrounded where the women are lazy and the men are rude. I got the catwalk, don't talk blues. I creep on cats' feet, I don't speak blues. You're seven velvet, forget we ever met. I got the clothes in the cat house. 
Now, I'm okay if a song like that drops in the middle of the album, but if, if, if it's a whole album like that, I'm out. No, I wouldn't. Well, it depends, because <laughs> then you know, you're talking about like my hero, like Neil Young and all the different phases he's gone through. Right. Like, I would never discount them, but you're right. I don't listen to the shocking pinks over and over again, right. for sure. But this was sort of a fun song to add. It, uh, it, no, no, it that's almost good. Feels like a ta- it's the last song on the album. It almost feels yeah. like a tag onto the end of the album. It was almost just like an afterthought, it seems. Uh, and my last song from 24 Karat Gold is the uh, is a title track, 24 Karat Gold. Set me free, set me free. Is this what you wanted to happen to me? Golden wings in the sunset. Take me back. All alone I waited. But there was no. that that was written uh, and recorded around the Belladonna sessions. And it makes sense. It sounds like it could be right on that album. Absolutely. It sure could be. Beautiful. All right. Here's what we're doing now. We're going to do a little promoting. First of all, thank you for being here. Thank you. Thank you for being... I really adore it. Thank you for being uh, uh, open and emotional and willing to let the music, uh, you know, open up your, you know... It always does it to me. Yeah. So this was great. Thank you. And uh, we'll have you back. We'll have you back again in uh, two, 2022. Looks Aww, like every don't. four years. Every four years. Don't say no, that. No, we will. No, I will. We will definitely have you back um, uh, sooner rather than later. Oh, we'll we'll do. figure out a, a, a topic that we like together because oh, this was fun. That you were perfect for this uh, artist. Thanks. Absolutely, one hundred percent perfect. And you're kind of a you're kind of a hippie chick. Can I call you that? Mm-hmm. You you wear that as a badge of honor. That's yeah. not a bad thing. No. Nope. You got your hat. You always have that hat on. I do always have a hat on. What if, is that your only hat or you have a collection of I have of about hats. six hats just oh. like that and I have them on the wall mm. and really I wear them for sun protection because oh. I have. Um, Out here it's, yeah, it's I, tough. Yeah. It's all about the sun. Get, you know, I love it, but I also have to keep it off my face. <laughs> I know you want the tan, but you know it's bad. For I don't me. want the tan. I don't want the tan. I don't want any of that, but whatever. Okay. So. Christine Blackburn, you have the Story Worthy Podcast. Yeah, please go over uh, to storyworthypodcast.com or just follow me on uh, Instagram and and uh, Twitter at Storyworthy. You got a book? I got a book. Don't worry about that. Uh, but do <laughs> check out christineblackburn.com. That's where okay. the list of my one-woman show called Surviving the Ride mm-hmm. is, and that's where the naked motorcycle yep. picture is. Yep. You can see that. And um, yeah, I, you know, um, I'm happy to be surviving. Life is good. You got a beautiful daughter. You're branding this story worthy out the uh, out the wazoo. I'm trying, and uh, it's all it's all clicking and working. And you're and you're uh, you're an actress. You've I saw you. Is it an Advil commercial that you're in? Yeah, no, I think it was Aleve. Aleve. You know, I've done over like. 60, 70 commercials. Throw that out there. People no, can look no, for you cares? now. Who cares? Who cares? I lo- th- that Advil commercial came up, and I'm like, what? Because you're like, you're like, you're all like, you're, you're made up in your, in your acting leave. leave. You're you're made up in your acting. You know what I'm doing is I'm doing a spot next week for Chevy trucks and guess who I am. Who are you? Camping mom. (laughs) And I, that is so, that's so me. Right. And my breakdown is always pretty, but wait, they'll say pretty, but average. That's what they always say. That's me. (laughs) Mine is always Christine Blackburn type. That's what I get called in for. Interesting. So you're naked. Yeah. (laughs) We are at rock solid show. Kyle is at Kyle Dodson Funny. I am at Pat underscore Francis. Go to rocksolidpodcast.com for all things, T-shirts, Patreon page, all that good stuff. Thank you for listening. 
seriously, thank you so much, Christine. I don't know why it's been four years. I can't believe it's been four years, but this was fantastic. And you're going to play the best song of all right now, right? As we head out? We're going to play Edge of 17. Yes. I'm sorry, Age of 17. No, no Edge no. of 17. It's the Edge. All right, let's hear it, Kyle. <laughs> Ooh. 